Okay, hi there. You're listening to, um... Finally surrendering to authorities. Ocean creature, speedy antidote for vision impairment. Um, if you have glasses, contacts, or have LASIK done. Subtle signs of how old Donnie is acting, and critically, how the people around him are acting at the same time. Because that's how you get a real sense for his level of weakness and how he perceives himself that level of weakness. And it's happening on two critical fronts. One, you have even more high-profile people from within his own party not only distancing themselves from Trump, but actively going out there into massive media spaces and doubling and tripling down on the idea that they need to jettison Trump away from the party and that they can win more easily without him. That's a real sign of his weakness. And critically, we have to look at how he's talking in private. Because while in public, he's acting big and tough when it comes to investigations swirling around him. As we speak, he and his team are secretly negotiating a massive surrender that could change everything and shows how scared he really is. Can a Republican candidate who is not in Trump's good graces win a Senate seat? That is a big question in the purple state of Colorado. For businessman Joe O'Day, seeking to unseat incumbent Democratic Senator Michael Bennett. O'Day first drew Trump's ire after he said this. I don't think Donald Trump should run again. I'm going to actively, I'm going to actively campaign against Donald Trump. Adding more salt to Trump's wound, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis giving O'Day his full backing despite his bashing of Trump. This prompted the former president to issue an all-caps response on his Truth Social platform, calling it a big mistake. Joe O'Day joins me now to talk about this and much, much more. Joe, good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Trump has directly attacked you. He's called you stupid. He's called you a wino, meaning Republican in name only. I, I know it's all silliness, but are you worried at all that his attacks could hurt your chances of winning? You need Trump supporters to turn out to vote for you uh, through Election Day next week. Jake, I, I said what I said. I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm worried about the next seven days. We've got one heck of a race we're running here. This race is going to be a referendum on Joe Biden and what he's... So listen, we have to start right there. We have to start with the fact that this interview went down, and this is the guy we talked about a few days ago who made that public declaration against Trump. Trump was furious at him, and then DeSantis came out and endorsed this guy, making Trump even more furious. And well, now he's back, and again, he's saying that we need to distance ourselves from Trump. And I'm not going to defend this guy. He's not even a moderate. He is a crazy Republican, like 99.9% of Republicans running. No support for this guy. But it is very telling that somebody that's like a DeSantis Republican is openly coming out and saying, not only do we need to sort of, you know, make Trump not the issue, but we need to actively say that we don't need this dude anymore. And that is devastating to Trump. Because remember what I said yesterday and have been saying, it's only when he's seen as weak 
will Republicans feel safer in their ability to attack him? Some people have wanted to attack him for a long time now. Maybe because they disagree with him on some isolated issues. Maybe because they want the power that he currently has and the fundraising wealth that he currently has, but they haven't had the opportunity to do it. And that's big. But then we also have to talk about what Trump's doing right now with regard to authorities trying to haul him in. Because in public, he's acting big and tough. Like they can't do anything to stop him. But that doesn't quite explain the full story. The committee can hold him. Plus, I'll speak to a student who was in the middle. Tonight, Donald Trump's lawyers are now officially, quote, in discussions with the January 6th committee for him to testify under oath. That news coming today from the vice chair, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, saying the testimony could potentially take place over multiple days. But Cheney making clear she does not want to be at the mercy of Trump, turning the testimony into a, quote, circus. Ryan Goodman is out front, the co-editor-in-chief of Just Security and former special counsel at the Defense Department. Okay, so they're talking. And, you know, but, but here's my question. Cheney making it clear she does not want to be at the mercy of Trump turning this testimony into a circus. How can the committee ensure that does not happen? I think they have to put as a precondition that this takes place like a normal deposition behind closed doors and that he doesn't get any special treatment as a witness to say, oh, I'll only speak to Congress under subpoena if I can do it live. I think that's the most important to keep you it. You can't televise it. That's right. I think that otherwise it turns it into something just that can be totally out of their control and it could be that he uses it just as a stage or a platform, not even necessarily even answering their questions if he so chooses to use it in that manner. And I think that's what he would... Very high like very high likelihood that's what he would do. That's what he would do. Okay. So now this the context here is is as what our indictment decisions are are looming, right? Both for the DOJ but also uh, in Georgia. Trump's testimony would be under oath, potentially over multiple days. What else would be the focus of these negotiations between the two teams? Well, that's right, Erica, and I, I just have to say, you know, I have to give credit, credit to Liz Cheney for sort of sticking to her guns on this one. You know, the, the, the committee came under a lot of fire for issuing the subpoena sort of at the end of all of its work. It was kind of, you know, like political theater because people were saying, you know, Trump would never actually get to testify. Um, you know, what it tells me, that the, the, the discussions tells me that they're negotiating, right, in terms of the scope. So that's really what will be um, under, you know, negotiation here, what types of topics may be covered. I really don't think, though, Erica, that this is ever going to happen. I think Trump will grab the clock and there will be a new Congress seated and they will not follow up with the Does this also, though, show some sort of good faith, at least, in negotiating? Does that actually help the Trump team, too? as they potentially try to run out the clock? Yeah, it does. And what it does is it, is it buys them time. You know, Trump um, hired a new lawyer, Arnie Dillon, specifically to engage with the committee on this topic. It does show a sign of good faith. Um, but again, it could also be, there could be an ulterior motive here, which is just to, again, run out the clock with these negotiations. And with this, this looming deadline for Friday for documents, I mean, do we think anybody's going to comply there? Uh, I don't. I think that because Liz Cheney said they're in discussions, that it's sort of a way for her to save face because they are having a back and forth negotiation mm -hmm. process. Perhaps they're talking about which documents, perhaps they're talking about an extension of that deadline. Oftentimes, um, lawyers will negotiate for extensions, and I think that's what's happening here. Um, we also learned that the current spokesperson for the Secret Service has testified with the committee. The Washington Post reporting uh, that they were asking 
about details uh, about some of which were related to Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. Of course, that folks remember at home, she was talking about how she had been told that the president really wanted to go. The former president on that day wanted to go to the Capitol, sort of lunged in the SUV at one moment. This spokesperson was not on the job on January 6th, but has been putting out the response to this testimony. What do you think that questioning has been like? Well, I think it was a back and forth. As you noted there, you know, the, the, the testimony was uh, virtual, likely he obviously had an attorney with him. But, you know, we all remember that bombshell testimony from Cassidy Hutchinson. I would just note that, I, you know, I, this is a bit of a, of a red herring here. This is, you know, the the, you know, people, the naysayers of the January 6th committee really attacked Cassidy Hutchinson for this testimony, saying it was secondhand, it wasn't true. Um, but it really, Erica, that decides the point. You know, the overarching theme of the, the committee's investigation has to do with the overarching, you know, desire on the part of President Trump to overturn the election. This is a, a bit of a red herring, I know. And there's also been plenty that's come out, too, uh, in, in support of her testimony. We're learning more. There's obviously still more to come from the committee. Caroline Felici, always good to see you. Again, some people are painting this as a buying time measure by Donald Trump. And that might be part of it, but Donald Trump doesn't really need to do that. If Donald Trump was simply going to run out the clock, he wouldn't be having these discussions. He would use courts, he would just plain ignore them, he would dodge subpoenas, and he would dodge being served by documents like he always does. The fact that he's going in, sitting down with the committee via his lawyers, is a sign of weakness. It doesn't ultimately mean he's going to crack. It doesn't ultimately mean that he's going to end up going in. But what he's trying to do right now, make no mistake, is negotiating the terms of his surrender to the subpoena demands of the J6 committee. He's trying to do that. While in public, he's not saying this. In private, that's what he and his team are doing. He's trying to acknowledge the fact that he doesn't want to go to jail like Bannon does is going to. He doesn't want to get locked up like Bannon. He doesn't want to be hit with fines and a lawsuit and a trial like Bannon. He just saw what happened to his buddy Steve. He does not want that. And so, he's negotiating these things. And I don't know if you're going to get a deal, but a couple things are indicative here. One, he's not going to get his ideal scenario. The ideal scenario where he gets not under oath, and it's this big giant, you know, circus where he uses it as a campaign stump speech, whatever. Cheney and the committee, and you know, Thompson and the committee, they're not going to give him that. But the fact that he's even going in to negotiate, guys, negotiate the surrender, I'm assuming, of documents and testimony says everything. This man feels like he's weaker than he's ever been. Does he ultimately go? I'm still skeptical. But the fact that he's even willing to talk to these people shows he's a shell of the monster he used to be, although he's still extremely evil and dangerous. <laughs> Good news. In fact, I might pull up on that because pretty good information. I didn't think about 
how Steve Bannon going to jail. Well, he only got a four-month prison sentence, but he lost to Trump. He he lost, and he's going to fucking jail. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> makes more sense. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for a billion subscribers. This is a three-star for Governor show. Shout out to KAMPs to that radio at the University at Aridstone. I do daily ASMRs with cute animals to hashtag Heal America as former psychology tutor at Oxford University. I feel it is my duty to give back to society in the form of healing. I do music AF 432 frequencies, the healing frequency. I'm a Reiki master. My mum was a Reiki master. And I'm running for office out of my mum's old garage. <laughs> running for a ride in mine inspector. So if any of you are in Arizona, please do write me in. T-R-I-S-T-A. <laughs> write me in. <laughs> I should do a... <laughs> I should do... R I S P A. Write me in. <laughs> C R I S T A. Write me in. Not bad. Just ever off the cup sort of thing. Okay. Oh, I did a true crime binge fest on True Crime Network recently. I also did a binge fest on Anunnaki archaeology. So if you're interested in those subjects, just scroll back in my podcasts. Thanks for almost 20,000 listeners now. That's pretty cool. Thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, tell your, if you want to give back something, you know, for all my efforts uh, on the hot on the trail of Trump going to jail or I'm a Midas Touch producer. If you want to support me just because of that, then, uh, you know, use word of mouth. Power of word of mouth is very powerful. Share my shit on social media. You know, that's better more than money. I don't need money. I need you guys to share share my stuff because it will enlighten everybody i'm an oxford tutor so yeah i was psychology tutor at oxford so i want you guys to share my shit because it's going to heal the nation michael bennett o'day first drew trump's ire after he said this I don't think Donald Trump should run again. I'm going to actively, I'm going to actively campaign Joe against Odea, Donald Trump. Adding more salt to Trump's wound, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, well, he's right. With the committee, the Washington Post reporting that they were asking about details uh, about some of, which were related to Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. Of course, folks remember at home, she was talking about how she had been told that the president yeah. really wanted to go, the former president on that day, wanted to go to the Capitol, sort of lunged in the SU at one moment. This spokesperson was not on the job on January 6th, but has been putting out the response 
to this testimony. What do you think that testimony has been? Well, I think it was a back and forth. As you noted there, you know, the, the, the testimony was uh, virtual. Likely he obviously had an attorney with him. But, you know, we all remember that bombshell testimony from Cassidy Hutchinson. I would just note that, I, you know, I, this is a bit of a, of a red herring here. This is, you know, the, the you know, people, the naysayers of the January 6th committee really attacked Cassidy Hutchinson for this testimony, saying it was secondhand, it wasn't true. Um, but it really, Erica, that's besides the point. You know, the overarching theme of the, the committee's investigation has to do with the overarching you know, desire on the part of President Trump to overturn the election. This is a, a bit of a red herring, I know. And there's also been plenty that's come out, too. Uh, in, in support of her testimony, we're learning more. There's obviously still more to come from the committee. Caroline Felicity, always good to see Again, some people are painting this as a buying time measure by Donald Trump. And that might be part of it, but Donald Trump doesn't really need to do that. If Donald Trump was simply going to run out the clock, he wouldn't be having these discussions. He would use courts, he would just plain ignore them, he would dodge subpoenas, and he would dodge being served by documents like he always does. The fact that he's going in, sitting down with the committee via his lawyers, is a sign of weakness. It doesn't ultimately mean he's going to crack. It doesn't ultimately mean that he's going to end up going in. But what he's trying to do right now, make no mistake, is negotiating the terms of his surrender to the subpoena demands of the J6 committee. He's trying to do that. While in public, he's not saying this. In private, that's what he and his team are doing. He's trying to acknowledge the fact that he doesn't want to go to jail like Bannon does is going to. He doesn't want to get locked up like Bannon. He doesn't want to be hit with fines and a lawsuit and a trial like Bannon. He just saw what happened to his buddy Steve. He does not want that. Yeah, that's and like so his he's negotiating these things. And I don't know if you're going to get a deal, but a couple things are indicative here. One, he's not going to get his ideal scenario. The ideal scenario where he gets not under oath and it's this big giant, you know, circus where he uses it as a campaign stump speech, whatever. Cheney and the com committee, and you know, Thompson and the committee, they're not going to give him that. But the fact that he's even going in to negotiate, guys, negotiate the surrender, I'm assuming, of documents and testimony says everything. This man feels like he's weaker than he's ever been. Does he ultimately go? I'm still skeptical. But the fact that he's even willing to talk to these people shows he's a shell of the monster he used to be, although he's still extremely evil and dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that it? That's it, huh? Yeah, I'm cleaning my cushion, my seat cushion of chicken shit. Chicken shit. Yes. Still there, right? Still there, darlings. That was Trump is finally surrendering to authorities. There was this other one about it. Uh, begs, begs Garland for mercy. What is that all about? Christo uh, Ivalis. Okay. Just found a buried package of Trump evidence. Finding arrested for the massive Ivanka Trump here. Daddy stole their, her whole inheritance. Finally surrendering to authority. Running for. Running for Kong? 
What? Oh, no, that's one year ago. Mark Kelly means more. I didn't hear about this. I'm going to use Rocket Money to find and cancel useless subscriptions, while my friend here tries to do the same without Rocket Money. Here's my dashboard, where I can track all my expenses. Where is Here's all my recurring charges. Oh, look at that. Free subscriptions I haven't used right. in months. I try to avoid freaking advertisements, by Netflix. the way. So Donald Trump, Trump running for Congress to escape prison time this one year ago. And announced what is his latest and maybe craziest scheme yet, which is to run for Congress to impeach Joe Biden. Why not instead of just waiting for 2024, and I'm hoping you run in 2024, but why not? Why not run in 2022 for the United States Congress, a House seat in Florida? Win big, lead us to a dramatic landslide victory, taking the House by 50 seats, and then you become the Speaker of the House, lead the impeachment of Biden, and start criminal investigations against Biden. You'll wipe him out for his last two that's years, so, and then so you'll be president. Do it! You know, it's very interesting. You'll be a That's folk so hero. Uh, You'll be a folk hero. And, to and people have said, people have said, run for the Senate. Okay, run for the Senate. But you know what? Your idea might be better. It's very interesting. So you can basically hear it there that the host is like, you know, you should do this, sir. You should run for Congress. You should become Speaker. You should take down Joe Biden, and then you could look at running for president again in 2024. And Trump is pretty up for the idea. He says that look, some people have been telling me that I should run for the Senate, and I was. So of interested but this is an even better idea and i think trump's logic and it might not be 100 wrong is that look the republican party loves me still god knows why but they do love him and i'm very popular in the house i can find a gerrymandered district somewhere in florida or anywhere else really run there get elected to the house if we win the majority, then I will be picked speaker because I still control this party and there's no way the rank and file Republicans would dare vote against me to become speaker. And then I could lead proceedings against Biden and be a big shot yet again. And let's be clear that while a majority of the American people haven't voted for a congressional majority for Republicans in almost a generation, the reality is that the gerrymandered nature of the House and the Senate means that Trump could control the House and become Speaker, even though way less than half the people actually vote for Republicans in 2022. And so this is a potential reality. Now, do I think it's going to happen? Not necessarily, for a couple reasons. I think, one, Trump does have his eyes set fully on 2024, and this might be seen as a bit of a distraction. Also, being Speaker is... We have 16, man. McCarthy's in the media a lot, but most of the work is behind the scenes, very, very grueling behind the scenes work, which is not something Donald Trump wants or has the ability to do. So I don't think he would ever want to be speaker in the way he wanted to be president, which is a lot more spectacle based. But the reason he's talking about this and the reason he might do it or is strongly considering it is that he's scared of prison. People have been noting this, I've been noting this, that the reason why Trump is talking about that August reinstatement, the reason why Trump is talking about 2024 in part is because he thinks that if he's in office and if he's actively seeking office, it raises the plausibility for 
him to argue to the media and to the public that I'm being targeted, not because I'm an actual criminal, and he is, but because I'm a political criminal, I'm a political prisoner of the Democratic deep state who wants to take me down as I prepare to run for speaker, or as I prepare to run for Senate, or as I prepare to run for the presidency or the Republican nomination, or any of those sorts of things. And so keep an eye on this. Is Trump going to run for Speaker of the House, run for Congress? Likely no, but I wouldn't be shocked if he made that move, if only Bye. because he wants the limelight, and if only because he wants political office, high office, to shield him from prison. Yeah. All of the above. Hi, my name is Eric Ream, and I'm a professional public speaker. Hi. I started this journey How back doing, in 2000. Man? Anyway, so let's see what other jewels Christo has. I'm looking at his most um, viewed. Well, I'm cleaning up my branch. There's always a million things to do on the ranch. Testifying against him to send him to prison. Let's, uh. Let's, uh. So Donald Trump is losing his ever loving mind because his Facebook ban has been extended for two years. We heard about this earlier today. I mentioned it in my previous video, but basically Facebook has said, Trump, you're banned for two years retroactive to January 7th, and we will reevaluate at that point. But effectively, it's a two-year minimum ban, and Trump put out a press release. Remember, his piddly little blog has been shut down. So he put out a press release saying, Facebook's ruling is an insult to the record-setting 75 million people, plus many others who voted for us in the 2020 rigged presidential election. They shouldn't be allowed to get away with this censoring and sil silencing, and ultimately we will win. Our country can't take this abuse anymore. And let's make one thing clear. This is great that Donald Trump is furious. This isn't just a ban that's going to anger his fans. Donald Trump, when he heard this, you can just see his face, hear his voice, almost look at his smaller than average hand clench a little bit as he reads that he's banned from <laughs> Facebook for at least a couple Same. more years yeah, and probably screaming at anyone that was in his vicinity, probably pounding back a Diet Coke in anger. And you just know that this is eating him up inside. Because he misses social media. He misses the dopamine rush of it all. And he misses how it enhances his relevance. Trump is still relevant. He's a former president. He controls the Republican Party. He can get any kind of media he wants to at any time. But the point is, there's something that social media has that none of those other sources have. And Trump doesn't have that anymore. That's why he tried and failed to create a social media site. But let's be really clear here. Donald Trump wasn't banned for what he said. Donald Trump was banned for inciting an attack on the Capitol and on democracy. We know that whether we would have liked it or not, if Trump's lies just stayed passive lies, and if January 6th never happened, it's likely the case that Donald Trump wouldn't have been banned from social media. He probably wouldn't have been banned if he just kept saying things like, the election was taken from me, it was unfair, I'm still the rightful president, I don't acknowledge Joe Biden, blah, 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 blah. He never would have been banned 
for any of that. Because banning a president or a former president should be a pretty high bar to get over. He got banned not for words, but for actions. He sicked his thugs on the Capitol, and he became an active security risk and probably a liability for these companies, if not financially, then at least morally. And so Donald Trump deserves every bit of this. Now the question is, is this ban strict enough? On the one hand, it's nowhere near as strict as the permanent ban on Twitter, but two years is a long time. On the other hand, it should be remembered that if he's banned until January of 2023, that still allows him to have social media back by the time the primaries start. If you remember, the Democratic primaries, a lot of the early people that joined, like Liz Warren, they did so right after the midterms, right after the 2018 midterms. And so if you use that as an example, late 2022, early 2023, that's when the primaries are going to kick off for the Republicans. And Donald Trump could have Facebook back by then. So while this is a big ban, and it's great to see Trump furious about it, it may not be strong enough, and it may still allow Trump to have his platform back to spew his lies and hate in time for the primaries, which I'm pretty confident he's going to run in. I don't think Elon Facebook Musk went far enough. They should ban him for Twitter life like Twitter did. Again, and is letting his buddies Kanye and Trump, uh, you know, there's the... There's the unholy trio i make a decadent and delicious banana split at home and it melts pounds off of fat people call me crazy but even Let's one 71 year old woman God. that i know named barbara Shut who up. lived with a massive crowd that creates his guts Donald Trump humiliated by hilarious new ad. Even though Donald Trump isn't president anymore, he is still the laughingstock of the entire United States and pretty much all of the world. And every single day, he's forced to watch his own failures. He is forced to see other people, like the current president, do a better job than he does. Which is why the ad I'm going to share with you is so, so great. It's once again from the Lincoln Project, and it's a perfect encapsulation of Donald Trump's failures and how Biden did something he could never, ever do. We are going to fix our inner cities and rebuild our highways, bridges, tunnels, airports, schools, hospitals. We're going to rebuild our infrastructure. For four years, Donald Trump promised us Infrastructure Week. One trillion dollars in infrastructure investment. World-class infrastructure. Infrastructure Week. Infrastructure. We'll call it Infrastructure Week. The so-called builder said only he could deliver on new roads, bridges, and airports. Alone can fix it. But who got the job done? Finally, Infrastructure Week. Joe Biden. Action, not talk. Results, not tweets. Millions of new jobs. Billions for the economy's Donald Trump wrecked. Serving America instead of serving himself. Joe Biden. Building back better. So again, the Lincoln Project, they really are the best. Year one of making fun rad. of Donald Trump. And I think that really showcases how he failed. He could never get infrastructure. We've got to talk about this. He had more people in the House and more people in the Senate than Biden did during his first two years, and he still couldn't get an infrastructure bill done.
after reviewing evidence of what Biden just did with a fairly significant amount of Republican support. And so this is, as CNN noted in a piece, where Biden was signing the bill, a testament to elect Donald Trump's total failure. But this is maybe the clearest sign from a governmental perspective. Trump has failed on a lot of moral things, and he's a thug. But if you're looking at a Nixon Burks example of his failure, this is it. And so I just wanted to share this with you guys. But I gotta make this clear. Biden's job isn't done yet. Biden has already achieved more than Donald Trump has in this front. A lot more. And he should be praised for that. But Biden's job isn't done until he passes the Democrat Trump bill, which has a lot of the critical human infrastructure that I think is even more important than this bipartisan deal. Remember, that ad said Biden just built back better. But until the Build Back Better bill actually gets passed, his job isn't done yet. So we can mock Donald Trump, but we got to keep corporate Democrats honest. If they don't keep their end of the bargain, progressives will be furious, and rightfully so, and the American working class will be left behind. Donald Trump never would have gotten this far, That's why this is awesome. Medicare for 10 years now. Right. It doesn't matter who you are. Yes, it does. Having rational. It does totally matter who you are. See what else Christo has. This is we're going through Christo Ivalis's best videos, greatest hits. Um, finally surrendering to authorities. Where's the one about uh, like a uh, twenty-three hours ago? Trump taken down by last-minute witness live in. Where's the one about him? Like a phone call. I'm asking this myself. Is why old Donnie seemingly surrounds himself. This was just published 23 hours ago. Trump taken down by last minute witness live in courtroom. The dumbest people with the most incompetent people. People who are often corrupt just like he is. The people say, well, isn't this guy rich? Isn't this guy at least hypothetically at one point in his life? Didn't he have a lot of money? Couldn't he have hired better, more Three billion dollars, the people Bob more integrity? has surrounded himself with incompetent people. But it's somehow an error by the dumb, dumb Trump. And this guy is dumb, don't get me wrong. But in the following piece Criminal. of both Criminal analysis genius. and Criminal some mind. breaking information of limited intelligence, integrity, and competence because it serves his fascist political ends, but how much finally starting to bite him on the backside as those people, because of their stupidity, are unable to protect all of them. Listen to this clip, and then we're going to break it down before we get into what the witness in the Trump case just said. Roger Herschel just getting, keeps getting more and more strange. By the way, I, I, on a, just on a personal level, not talking politics, just stay off your Twitter machine. Um, I actually, when I see Herschel out there, I actually see that as a tragedy for Herschel and his family. He doesn't belong there. He's been pushed out there by, power, by Donald Trump. 
They should be fucking removed from office, not... Donald Trump's voters. If I just give an unqualified information, 
Mr. B. They're there to distract us from locking Trump up and the rest and of the insurrectionists. Okay, that's what, and that's, that's true. all about. Some of these picks objectively are much more likely to lose than if they just went ahead and picked a stereotypical Republican. And I'm not defending that stereotypical Republican, but if like Mitch McConnell got to pick the Senate candidates in all of these states, they probably have a slightly better chance of winning than the Trump picks. They could have gotten someone better than Walter, better than he was partnering with Don King. I was there and putting boxes in the ring. And it didn't matter whether they go to let's just match this because I got to fill the Atlantic City Convention Center. He had the country. That's how he threw his shit into this. For the man who is erudite, qualified, and educated. Just throw a black in there. My guy used to be the football team I own. And, and if you read, there is, there is, um, there's just a historical pattern here. Uh, Hannah Arendt, when she's talking about the rise of totalitarianism and, 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 and documenting the rise of fascism, well, what does she say? The strong men do. They replace competency with loyalty. So, you see this to be a United States senator, but then replace competence with this sheer political hackery, and they fit the bill for Donald Trump. Well, their qualification, as you say, is loyalty to Donald Trump, and those are hand-picked candidates. Herschel, obviously, Dr. Oz, J.D. Vance, Donald Trump is blessed as well. And what you hear in that answer that we played earlier from J.D. Vance, where he's asked about Paul Pelosi being attacked, why is there a but? Why can't you just say this is horrible? There's a but? I hear fear. You hear fear of Donald Trump. You hear fear of Donald Trump's voters. 
if I just give an unqualified condemnation of what happened, which is, should be easy for anyone with any character, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to lose a few votes? And that's just a microcosm of what you see in the party, fear of Donald Trump and his voters. So I think that's vital, guys. That is vital information. People are saying, why are all the Trump picks at the Senate, House, gubernatorial, every level, why are they so bad? Like, why are they such bad candidates? Either literal dum-dums or just really terrible, empty suits, don't know what they're doing, woefully unqualified for the job. And people think, okay, it's because Trump makes bad picks. And that's true. Some of these picks, objectively, are much more likely to lose than if they just went ahead and picked a stereotypical Republican. And I'm not defending that stereotypical Republican. But if, like, Mitch McConnell got to pick the Senate candidates in all of these states, they'd probably have a slightly better chance of winning than the Trump picks. They could have gotten someone better than Walker, better than Vance, better than Oz, to give themselves a better chance, as a, you know the Republicans typically would have in a midterm where you know they don't have the White House. But Donald Trump picks these people on purpose. As said there, it's about creating the conditions for fascism. You don't want free thinkers. You don't want intelligent people. You don't want people that can look at their boss and say, man, maybe this guy, even though he's in charge, even though he's the big cheese, maybe what he's doing is wrong, is stupid, and I shouldn't listen to him. Trump hates that. And so he's willing to risk losing if it means winning with the people that allow him to become and act like a dictator. And that's exactly how he ran his company for years, if not decades, putting his own family around him who were part of the scheme or putting weak people, incompetent people, people irrationally loyal to him around him to allow himself and others to do all of these schemes. And what just happened in court was massive, guys, because it's a very quick admission from somebody who at least used to be one of these Trump cronies that makes it clear something shady was happening at the company and they tried to cover it up as Trump came to political power. Let me read this to you and see if you catch it. It says, the Trump organization changed its business practices after he was elected president, according to testimony at the company's fraud trial in New York. Trump Organization controller Jeffrey McConney testified for the second day on Tuesday. He said longtime Trump attorney Sherry Dillon led a review of the company's tax practices. When prosecutor Joshua Steinglass asked if Dillon basically directed you to clean things up at the Trump Organization, McConney replied, she did. That's just two words. It said the prosecutor also asked, and after Ms. Dillon conducted such an investigation, did there come a time when the Trump Organization and the Trump Corporation stopped engaging in some of the practices that led to these charges? Yes, sir, Mr. McConney replied. Now, that sounds maybe on the surface that, you know, the Trump organization was trying to do the right thing. But that's not actually the case, guys. What's clearly happening here is that for years, if not longer, the tax scheme that Weisselberg has been charged with and the company's been charged with, but I think we all suspect Trump and everybody else was also in on, was happening. And then they realized, my God, this guy is going to be president. The scrutiny on him and his business businesses is going to go from here to way up here. And so we need to shift gears. We need to clean things up. And by that, they mean really scale back all of these tax schemes, scale back the tuition payments that aren't being taxed, the car payments, the apartment payments, none of which are being taxed. 
which are effectively allowing people to dodge tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxes over this broad period. And they tried to stop that. And maybe it make that, to some people, that makes them look good. But this witness, again, in a very surprising way, I think Trump thought this guy would be, even though he was called by the prosecution, would be 100% in the tank for Trump. But I don't think that's the case, given that he just answered that question very frankly, making it clear that the Trump organization was likely doing something wrong, and they knew it. They knew that the scrutiny was going to pick up when he got elected, and it did. And then they knew they would have to change those practices, which were unethical, if not illegal, to protect themselves and the company. And apparently they did that, although I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. I don't know if this actually stopped when Trump became president. But they probably certainly tried to hide it better. So you can see, Donald Trump has surrounded himself with yes men and yes women, yes people. And what that's done is, yes, create difficulties for him and getting quality advice, but also gives him the tools of fascism. Except now, with his, you know, it, it's starting to break down. Because these people, fundamentally, even though they're loyal to Trump, if they're facing prison, they're loyal to themselves. I have politics to deal with. I want you to pay a visit to Mr. White. Get some answers. Quickly. Hello, KMP Student Radio at the University of Veridstone. I wanted to hear the one about him begging Mary Garland for mercy. What's that one? Let's see. She's gone now. She had a good night. Matt Gates may have committed obstruction. He's he's still he's not being charged for his fucking child sex trafficking. Trump Jr. crying on Fox News because daddy's going to prison. It was all for nothing. And it's a terrible tragedy. But maybe you could give us some idea of what you're talking about. Let's see some Johnny Trumpy Jr. Trumpy Jr. crying. So yesterday we talked about Eric Trump crying like a baby on Fox News because he and his daddy are going to prison. But a new quote also from Fox shows that Trump Jr. did the same thing this time with Tucker Carlson. You know, I'm not. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think Donald Trump has sort of, you know, the Trump derangement syndrome has brought out the worst in all of the other sides. But it is unprecedented. And again, it's going on in America today. And I think what people have to understand, if you could go after a former president, target them for years, imagine what they could do to the regular person. We've seen sort of the corruption at the highest levels of the FBI over the last few years. You've seen them target, you know, anyone who was anywhere even remotely near the East Coast on January 6th is being targeted, that there is no way to appeal it. There is no way to stop the nonsense. In New York, crime is going through the roof. Taxes are going to go through the roof. Property values are going down. Murder rates are skyrocketing. And yet, rather than using taxpayer dollars to actually go and solve those issues, 
to prevent the degeneration of New York even further. They're going to continue to spend those taxpayer dollars targeting their enemies. And so you can hear it's the same bits, it's the same beat, it's the same rhythm. Everyone's unfair to me, everyone's unfair to my dad. He sounds a little less than Eric, but it's the same message. And one thing I really want to underline to you is that they have no actual defense for the claims against them, the corporation, and their father. They have none. What they say is a blanket, we've done nothing wrong. And then two, what about all these other crimes? Whether it's Hunter Biden, or Joe Biden, or they'll say, oh, in New York, they have all these other crimes. Why are they focusing on me? and my family, and my family business. But that's not a legal defense. There are many prosecutors in New York that have different responsibilities. Just because they're looking into you, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't be looking into another crime. Tax forensic lawyers and prosecutors can't just be shifted immediately over to look at other sorts of more direct crime. They just can't do that. People are trained for specific types of analysis and investigation. And so just because Cy Vance Jr. and just because Letitia James are investigating Trump Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and Dawn and the family business doesn't mean that that's necessarily taking away from other crimes. But even if it was, that's not an excuse. You're under investigation. time? Oh shit, Trista, what did you do? Fuck. Ah, uh, just uh, not a just uh, not a where? Brazilian Nazis. A Trump endorsed Brazilian fascists. Oh, Tony Michael's live for Protesters outside Trump Tower because he can't go to trial on that. He can't let people know that he ordered his security to go rough protesters up. And running for right in. Who spells that wrong? It's a wrong right. <laughs> so he settles out of court. He does this every time. He's not going to be able to settle out of court in the criminal case. He will not be able to settle out of court for the documents case. They're not civil cases. And I, I highly doubt, now that he's suing Tish James, if she is going to, the Attorney General of the state of New York, is going to just settle out of court with that civil case against the Trump Organization. Which I believe that Tish James is going to cut down the Trump Organization like a fresh-cut tree. All the way to the fucking ground. 
That's what they're terrified of. Their money laundering machine is about to dry up. The only thing they got left is their grift in their MAGA world. And that might dry up after this. And I don't know if you noticed, but the media and the polls were fucking wrong. I've been telling you they're wrong for a long time. They're way off. This country, this country is sick and tired of their nonsense, their bullshit. We do not want MAGA fascists here anymore. It is not a Want. We, we, we are sick of you talking about your nonsense. Shut the fuck, sit down. Shut the fuck Take up. Take the mic away okay? from the Got fucking it? Nazis. America. We're going to do the whole American thing. Libertarians is trending on Stop voting for fucking Nazis. Again, <laughs> I've always said that that conservatives, no one's ever, they, they're not fucking conservatives. They've always thin veiled their fascism as conservatism, with taxes, and national debt, and all that bullshit. You know, the Tea Party movement taxed enough already. That's all thin veiled fascism as conservatism. What do you think libertarianism is? It's fucking thin veiled fascism. I mean, here's literally, if you've ever talked to someone who claims to be a libertarian, I'm a libertarian. I believe the government, government this, government bad, government bad this, government bad. We are the government, you fucking shit-eating moron. We, the people. That's the whole fucking point of the democratic constitutional republic in the first place. Fucking boneheads. Here's a libertarian idea. Oh, I want to get rid of government, so elect me to the government. Dumb motherfucker. That's literally how every every one of these libertarian politicians, that's how their speech starts. I want to get rid of the government, so elect me to the government. Really stupid shit. So what you're saying there, what you're saying there, cheap, is you gotta govern. <laughs> it's really fucking dumb. That in 2022, there's people out there that don't realize that you have to, I don't know, set policy and govern things. Fuck are you people talking about? Even in ancient...
that's why we need to call because there may be plans available with additional benefits that aren't covered under Medicare Part C. <laughs> we don't have a Medicare Part C plan which covers everything in Part A and Part B plus extra benefits in Medicare Part C. What kind of extra benefits? There are great plans that may be available with extra benefits like dental, vision, and hearing. <clears throat> Did you say dental? Yes, dental. Medicare Part C plans could include dental benefits that help... Or maybe it was the other way around. ...and teeth cleanings, plus dental x-rays, filling... <laughs> they do these kind of things that you had to govern, set policy. Really fucking stupid. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They tried to rebrand and rebrand and rebrand their fascism over and over and over again in the last 30 years. And folks, this idea that there's a majority of, of people in this country who believe this MAGA bullshit, that is such a crock of fucking shit. It is a crock of shit. We are not divided. That's not a thing. I know.